Live from the Coachella Valley, time for another hour of the desert scene, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater, big screen, little screen, and very little screen. This is the Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And welcome to the Culture Corner, and we've got some great guests and some wonderful, uh, lots of entertainment news going on. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Good. It's Oscar season already. Yeah, so tell (laughs) us what's going to be happening this year with the Oscars. So the Academy Awards have decided to have a in-person event, which, you know, I think with a lot of the news going around about the, because Bonnie informed me of the Paris lockdown again, it's a little concerning, but I'm hoping that they would at least be as safe as they can. They also said that they don't want any casual attire there. They also don't want any Zoom meetings. So if let's say you're let's say you're one of the actors nominated and you did not want to attend because you felt, okay, it's safe, but not safe enough for me. Right. You would have to have a representative there just in case you win. So they would have to give your speech. You can't yeah. do it on Zoom. No, you can't okay. do a Zoom, nothing like that. They want to avoid all that. And the Grammys did something like that too. But I think on the Grammys, they did occasionally let some people conference, but the Grammys is a little bit less um, crowded than Mm -hmm. the Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. Grammys on a yearly basis tends to get smaller and smaller because musicians boycott that. But that's a conversation for another day. (laughs) I'm wondering if they're going to do, because normally the Oscars, everyone's in like theater seats, jam, jam, jam. I wonder if they're going to change it and like have people at table. It would be better if they were at tables. So then you could space it in and just have a small group, six people at one table and then space out. You know, that would be one way to do it. I think so too. I think what they're trying to do is what movie theaters are doing because now that they're opening up again, there's this sort of like, how do we do this where they space between the seats and block them off yeah i think it would be like that and they're also trying to convince people to wear masks unless they're on stage which even then there's still some controversy and some debate among medical professionals about whether or not one person not having a mask in front of a stage and no glass thing between them Mm -hmm. is that enough to get people sick who have masks and that's an actual legitimate question like you know that it's not they're not saying don't wear a mask or anything like that that none of that they're just saying that can would that actually be enough how much how much protection is it in that situation yeah, yeah. and how much would the uh, I think they say like particles that come out of your mouth like the droplets can I mean fly yeah and stay in the air like that mm-hmm. would be stuff like that that I would hope we would resolve I, I if I was there I if I was told hey you got to keep them they got to take off their mask or they have the option to take off their mask every time someone takes off the mask i would spray mm-hmm. um disinfectant mm-hmm. spray and then get the person to kind of walk a little slowly i mean the mm-hmm. academy awards take three hours to begin anyway with, yeah so you might as well you know spend the time to make it safe and all that but i think for me i would encourage the academy awards to just not have as many people go on there and make it a very you win this award boom 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 make a joke in between there and get off get off but (laughs) but they don't have to do like all these tributes because they always do these tributes unless the the one tribute they should do but i think that they should record it off somewhere where they have someone like pre-record the day before Mm -hmm. and they do like a video tribute of all the celebrities who died because a lot of them did die yeah yeah so that absolutely that makes total sense yeah you know i it's a tough it's a tough question it's a tough call 
um, and but we were talking about this. I mean, I, my just I just keep hoping. I mean, yes, we've got a vaccine. A lot of people are getting vaccinated, you know, but still, still a lot of people to go. I haven't yet. I'm you're, we're, I'm not in a category. You're not in a category yet to be, you know, not over sixty five, not a healthcare worker, etc. Still, a lot of people that have not been vaccinated yet, and that's still not a magic cure all. It's a it's a great step. It's really fabulous. But there are new variants that are coming out. That's why this Paris Paris is on the third lockdown now because they've got a new variant that has popped up. And they don't know that every all the vaccines are, are work against every new variant. So I'm just hoping that people, we all want this to be over. We all want to not wear masks anymore. We all want to go out. We want to go to parties. We all want to be back to normal. But if you rush this and get ahead of yourselves, what's going to happen, what's very likely to happen is a resurgence, just like they're having in Paris, and a lockdown again. And that's then people are going to be even more upset. You know, and, and the funny thing is, just to be clear with the listener we talk about this a lot because i think we want to make it clear that we we want entertainment back and we want those things to come back but as I th- safely as you can do it but we also have to acknowledge the elephant in the room like every time there's a major event like the super bowl the golden globes i have been trained by the pandemic to note to think is it safe right. is this going to backfire like mm-hmm. No matter how much I want to avoid that elephant, it's there. And when movies are filmed, like I was watching WandaVision, and the finale seemed a little less crowded. There was this big finale where Wanda um, encounters the people of the town that she manipulates, right? And spoiler alert for that show, but that show's been out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it seemed like the crowding was even, it was spaced out. And I thought, is this because of COVID or was it? film deliberately like this mm-hmm. because the actors were spaced out a little bit more often and it was a scene where they were approaching her but even when they were approaching her there was a lot of spacing yeah and so now my brain thinks that way and mm-hmm. i don't i don't i want to get to a point where i don't think about that but i think we live in a covid world just like how in the 80s we lived in the in the world of aids mm-hmm. We have to had to adjust adjust your it. life and just de- it is what it is. Yeah, it's it's like with Rock Hudson and Dynasty. How on Dynasty, it's a little uncomfortable looking back at Dynasty because I yeah. imagine myself in the eighties not knowing anything about AIDS. Yeah, because even with during COVID, there's still we don't know everything. There are things people don't know. Yeah, and yeah. with AIDS, like when he kisses uh, crystal now i know like oh that that could happen and nothing happens but i can't imagine being linda evans and in 19 back then they didn't know yeah and so that's it's funny we went from the academy awards to yeah, a discussion yeah. about looking at things but it's like i i can't help it i look at what's going on on television and film and i think that must that must be because of COVID. It, there's no possible way that they're that mm-hmm. distant from each other. Why aren't? Why am I not seeing characters in the same shots together mm-hmm. a lot of times? I would bet that it was. I mean, because it's been a year, so um, yeah. And the you know, I you hear people say, well, you know, there's vaccines, and I've been vaccinated, or I'm young, and I'm healthy, and I'm this, and I'm that, and, I, and this didn't happen, that didn't happen. Here's the thing. The risk. You have to think about what is the risk. And you're right. Maybe, you know, you go to, uh, people go to the Academy once they space it. All right, maybe, you know, the chances of you, of someone there having COVID and you getting COVID and in the hospital might be very low. But do you want to risk that? I mean, I, I personally know two people who have died from it. And I know another person who had it and recovered, but it's been two or three months, still has no sense of smell or taste. 
Three months. Do you want to go three months or the rest of your life not tasting food, not smelling anything? Do you want to end up dead? I mean, th- the risk is too high. I agree. And I I would say that if it, I hope that if the Academy Awards, you know, when they go through with it, you know, that they at least try to be as safe as possible, but also to be mindful of the science, as they would yeah. say. But to get on to the more positive aspects of okay. the Academy Awards, the film, this has actually been a pretty, I would say, you know, if there was a year where the Academy Awards could finally get told that, I think you're getting to the right you think you're getting there in terms of the criticism where they have they've been told they're not diverse enough or mm-hmm. they uh, purposely avoid um, last year they had a movie called Parasite which had a bunch of Asian actors and none of them got nominated and it won best picture and so it deserved best picture in my mm-hmm. opinion I, I think it should have been tied with Little Women because that was my other one <laughs> but okay but it it seems like there's all these discussions that people have against the Academy Awards and now this year they they're they're a little bit different this year. Most of these movies have been streaming movies. Mm-hmm. Netflix leads the pack with 10 nominations for Mank, a movie that follows the production of Citizen Kane mm-hmm. and the, the life of the screenwriter. It's actually a real, it's a pretty good movie. I saw a part of it. I, I'll give, when we get closer to it, I think I'll give proper reviews to each okay. one. And then there's The Father, which is a movie about... Uh, sorry, That's Anthony Hopkins. I've heard he's wonderful. I've heard. Yeah, he got. No- I think he even got nominated for Best Actor in that mm-hmm, movie. Mm-hmm. And then Judas and the Black Messiah, which was on HBO Max. It did that HBO Max and theater thing, which I think is a great idea. You know, put them both. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a great movie. Both of these... All, most of these movies are great. Minari, which follows the lives of a South Korean immigrant family in rural America. That one's great. Nomadland which is the favorite to win. This one is with Frances McDormand. She plays a woman who leaves everything behind to go live off country, you know, mm-hmm. be a nomad. Mm-hmm. And Promising Young Woman, which is a revenge fa- revenge movie. Seen a lot of previews on that, yeah. And there's Sound of Metal, which is about a man who becomes a drummer and he loses his hearing. Mm. And Trial of the Chicago 7, which is about the Chicago 7 anti-Vietnam yeah. War yeah. protests, you know. And... This has been a pretty, and in terms of directors, I'm not going to name each one. Of course, it's on there, but this is the first year that two women were nominated for. Yeah, for Regina King was she one of them? No, no. she's actually one of the snubs this year. Oh, like she okay. directed One Night in Miami, and everyone loved it, and a lot of people said that that was a mistake, but mm-hmm. you know, that who, she didn't. Get, who were the women that were nominated? Uh, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, which. Okay. If she wins, would not be a surprise to me because mm-hmm. that movie is anticipated to win. And then Emerald Lily Fennell for her directing debut in Promising Young Woman. All right, good for her. And this is also the first year that two Asian Americans were nominated. Uh, Lee Isaac Chong was for Minari mm-hmm. and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. Sounds like they're really, this year is more diverse, that there's a, a lot uh, more diversity in. Uh, both just the, sort of the subject matter of the movies and and people nominated. That's great. That's good to hear. No, I agree, I agree with you on that because for me it's like when I look at the movies this year, it's like they're a little less Oscar baity. That's what I was thinking. It's like every year we have these Oscar bait movies. Where it's like it's going to get nominated. Mm, yeah, for your consideration. Blah blah blah. <laughs> yeah. But promising young woman to me, like when I heard that got nominated, I'm like, really? I thought, what? And then Sound of Metal. These are movies that. It shows that we are not only more diverse in terms of race and all that, but we're also more diverse about what is a great movie. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And other 
notable things about the Academy Awards. Chadwick Boseman, who died earlier this mm. year, was nominated for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And if he wins, will be, uh, I think, the third or fourth post uh, Amaris mm. win. And then a notable thing. Glenn Close was nominated for Hillbilly LG. And the same performance got nominated for Worst Supporting Actress at the Razzies. The Razzies and the Academy Awards nominated the same performance in their same category. Did you see it? I saw what I, I saw that movie and it, you know what? Like, it's one of those things where like the book itself, it's a great book, but you know, when you think critically, it has its problems. What is this basic story? The basic story is about the problems of a family when a Yale uh, law student returns home and lives with his grandmother when his mother's having drug problems. And it deals with their circumstances from being poor. And Glenn Close plays the grandmother and her performance. It's going to depend on what you think a good performance is. I think she did a good job, but there are times where I'm like, okay, you got to tone it down a bit. A I don't over the top, maybe. And I would be honest, if she wins an Oscar for this because she's long overdue for one, mm-hmm. I'd be very disappointed. I think this would be the worst performance she would have won for. And okay. for me, she should have won in 1987 for Fatal Attraction, to oh. be honest. Oh, yeah, that was a heck of a performance. Yeah. yeah. And overall, this year, pretty good nominations. And most of them aren't streaming. So if you do want to watch them, they are readily available. But of course, you have to have the streaming service. Yeah. <laughs> Just a minor detail. All right, cool. We'll be back with more news and then later some guests on the Culture Corner. Be right back. You're listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Here are Bonnie and Brian. Hey, welcome back to The Culture Corner. And every once in a while, we dabble into an intersection called politics and entertainment and <laughs> politics. Because they're let's let's be fair here. Politics will always be a part of entertainment. They cross over. They, they cross over. They cross over. Yeah. But in this case, they really crossed over as Stacey Dash actually finally announces that she's going to quit politics, want to get back into acting, and she has disavowed um, the former president of the United States, Donald Trump. She has talked about in the Daily Mail that for years she felt like on Fox News that she was used as the angry black woman and that she said that she lived her life I'm going to quote her exactly. I lived my life being angry, which is what I was on Fox News. I was the angry conservative black woman. And at the time in my life, it was who I was. I realized in 2016 that anger is unsustainable and it will destroy you. I made a lot of mistakes because of that anger. There are things that I'm sorry for, things that I did say that I should not have said them the way I did. And they were very arrogant, prideful and angry. That's who Stacey Dash was, and that's not who Stacey Dash is now. Stacey, da- Stacey is someone who is compassion, who has compassion. And she has disavowed, she said that she has disavowed 
the Capitol riot saying they were appalling and that she said that was the moment where she was like, I'm done because senseless violence of any kind is something she won't denounce. Mm -hmm. And when she was talking about politics, she said, you know, as far as he's as far as like uh, he's concerned, Trump is not the president. We have Mm -hmm. a new president, she Mm -hmm. said. And she said, being a supporter of Trump put me in a kind of box that I don't belong in. But he's not the president. I'm going to give the president that we have now a chance. Now, this is an interesting case because Stacey Dash on Fox News, when she was on there, she got fired when Donald Trump became president because for years there's there's been this, I'm going to hint at it more than anything, speculation that she fit a certain mold Mm -hmm. that would critique Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. And Stacey Dash has since wanted to go back to acting and she ran for office, but you know, that didn't work out. And you know, I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, Bonnie. Like, well, I'm curious. So they, she was fired from Fox in 2016, right when Donald Trump became president. What was the reason that do you think did they say that she was fired, or she, do people speculate? There was more speculation. I think it was just that she got fired. Um, there's speculation that because they didn't need that type that role. they didn't need that anymore. So yeah, yeah, she did. She wasn't. She did her job, filled the role. Now gets rid of her. Yes, yeah. and okay. she also said that in general like they just you know felt that i I guess they just didn't want to have her around anymore Mm -hmm. and she was initially hired on for cultural analysis and commentary quote Mm -hmm. unquote and i would say that stacy dash i'm gonna be honest with you i think stacy dash kind of has it's a complicated thing because it's like when do we allow someone back in to the mold you know like mm-hmm. I'm, no one pushed her out to begin with she, kind she of, chose that she walked yeah. out and i kind of want to ask like it d- i have some s- skepticism about her statements because when it comes to being a celebrity images everything right right you know? now she did, she was an a- actress before yeah fox she, what what remind me of some of the stuff she did clueless did she, she was okay. in clueless um okay. she played the best friend of Alicia okay. Silverstone. All right, I'm sort of picturing her now. So, but she did she do a lot? Was that her like her main role before the Fox thing? Before Fox, that was pretty much her mm-hmm. thing. She's now more famous as a conservative pundit rather than a actress. And I would say to her that it's one of those you laid you made your bed and you now, laid in it. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I was gonna say. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's gonna be interesting. It will be interesting to see how Hollywood welcomes her or does not back after that. It should be very interesting to see because, you know, she chose that. She took the job and she fulfilled the role of, you know, criticizing Barack Obama, that's just apparently what she was tired for, um, for how many many years she did that. And now all of a sudden she... You know, you have to wonder, is it convenient? Well, now I'm going to say I don't believe any of that because I want to go back to Hollywood. I don't know. You know, what does she really believe? I want to say that there might be... I always believe that when it comes to celebrities, there's always some truth in what they publicly put out because, mm-hmm. you know, one, because that's the type, because she's trying to lay, make another bed. Mm-hmm. She made a bed and she's going to sleep in it, but now mm-hmm. she wants to make that bed yeah. over. And she has not avoided, I'm going to be honest, at least she's not saying that she isn't conservative anymore, which, you know, I wouldn't believe mm-hmm. because she's put it out so much that it would take another decade for me right. to believe that. Right. And she was in a movie called Roe v. Wade, which was about. Roe v. Wade as we all know the abortion laws and she was in that movie and for the most part it was funded by the 
National Association for the Repeal of Abortion Law. So mm. you can see what type of movie this yeah, was in. Yeah. It was a conservative led movie. So I almost I'm interested to see if she's gonna mostly stick to independent movies mm-hmm. and deal with that. I think that's the the thing is with Stacey Dash is that it, it comes to a point where you want to inv- you you kind of want to have her see what she did was wrong but also like you're almost like okay like you said some good things right mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. but like i'm not sure yet like, yeah I'm, let's I'm, just I'm, see let's, let's just, just see we're gonna take this with a grain of salt until yeah. she sort of proves herself you know we'll, we'll see interesting yeah <laughs> well i don't know We'll see what happens. We'll really see. But when you say, yeah, when you say make really strong political statements, it's hard to kind of walk that back, I think. I agree. And it it takes a real long time. I think Mm -hmm. even like a political pundit like David Brock, he was very much against the Clintons. And then, you know, he changed his tune. Now, you're allowed to change your mind. It's a free country. That's for sure. All right. When we come back, we're going to have Michael Healy, a wonderful uh, musician, pianist who plays at Melvin's and has been around town for years. We're going to talk to him in just a bit on The Culture Corner. The curtain rises on local and regional arts and entertainment. From music to theater, films to fine art, it's The Culture Corner. Get connected. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Bonnie and Brian on iHub Radio. And we are back on The Culture Corner, and now we're really uh, pleased to welcome, I've been trying to book this guy for a while, but he's been really, really, really busy, uh, my f- buddy and a wonderful musician, Michael Healy, who uh, plays at Melvin's, has been at Melvin's for years and other places around town. Hey, Michael, how you doing? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing well. And yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. So um, you're back at Melvin's. I know a lot of places are kind of slowly open, taking baby steps and opening up to, you know, either outside or then small capacity inside. So tell us what's happening at Melvin's now. Well, your, your term baby steps is probably a good one. We, we like everyone else, are trying to get things revved back up while being within the uh, proper guidance guidances and, and safety but more to the point of what you're asking I mean, we we have been offering uh dining outdoors on our patio um as well as uh, our veranda which has really turned out to be quite popular um lovely outdoor experience and uh, has worked out and uh now as of wednesday as we have uh moved to the red tier uh we're offering 25 percent indoors in our in our main dining room um and then, as you know, I'm playing outside on a patio. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we, you know, we're, we're li- like, like everyone, we're, 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 what the, you know, we're making the best of, um, of, of what is, what is safe and appropriate mm-hmm. and uh, trying to, uh, I think your, I think your phrase was baby steps to bring yeah. back the Melvin's experience. Yeah. And so how, how have, how have the uh, patrons um, uh, reacted to the, the way things are opening? Did everyone seem pretty happy about it? People, people are very happy, Bonnie. Um, it, it's really a, it's really a delight to see people. They're, um, they're obviously um, uh, within the guidances um, and, and they're very pleased to, uh, 
to be out and, and enjoying the experience that we offer. Um, it's really, it, it's a joy. It really is. Mm-hmm. All right, but let's go back. Let's go back um, and talk about the way things, you know, are war before COVID. But also, let's talk about that, your, your history and how you came to Melbourne's. I mean, you were at, I think, it was Cedar Creek Inn. Tell people a little bit about your background here in the desert and wh- where you first started playing and how it, it evolved to you being the main guy at Melvin's. Sure, sure. Uh, I've been in the desert now, be around 27 years. Um, I came here um, with brown hair and a ponytail. And if you know me, you know that I don't have hair anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I I came with a young lady and we came down here for an engagement. And uh, uh, we sang a number of local places here. uh, And uh, Mel Haber heard about us uh, Mm -hmm. through somewhere. And uh, he came to see us, and we, we were new in town. We didn't know. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, oh, that's Mel Haber. And, you know, we mm-hmm. found out all about Melvin's and what a historic place. Anyway, uh, try to make a long story shorter, um, he kept coming two, three, four times and uh, uh, eventually asked us if we would meet him down at Melvin's for lunch, and we did. And, of course, driving into Melvin's was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, pretty nice uh, joint, yeah. Right. And this was back in the day, so, so he... He asked um, the young lady, uh, whose name was Anna, Ro- Anna Rose, mm-hmm. uh, and I were singing together, and um, <clears throat> to come to work at Melvin's, which we did, and uh, it was a wonderful thing. Uh, Mel used to uh, send down uh, a dozen red roses every night that uh, Anna would sing. Wow, isn't that um, nice? Yeah, he was he was just an, an amazingly supportive man of of. Uh, of what we did. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, as, as things will happen in our business, um, we went on to do other things. I was directing some theater at the time. Um, and then we went on to, uh, as you said, uh, about a seven-year residency at the Cedar Creek Inn, mm-hmm. um, which was just a wonderful time here in town for us because we, uh, we released uh, six CDs during that time. Wow. And... Uh, at that time, interestingly, for those who only know me from Melvin's, uh, I was basically known for Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's pretty much what we did was a, a presentation centered largely around Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, Mel and I would call each other. We used to call it our, our yearly call. And uh, I call up, how you doing, Mel? How you doing? What, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we had one of those after Cedar Creek Inn. And uh, we were actually doing a few nights over at Lions. And he said, well, you know, how's your schedule look? I'd like you to come back. And I did this time, and I had the availability. And um, this was uh, when Nino Fontana was doing the weekend nights, and I came back for the the weeknights. Mm -hmm. And along the way, Nino Fontana suggested to Mel that I would be good at doing the jam. Um, And then... Mel called me and asked me if I would. And my answer to Mel was, I will as long as no one is going to lose their job on the basis of my answer. Um, that was about 14 years ago. And um, the, the jam has just become a, a living, breathing entity. It sure um, has. And, uh, and, and a testament to, uh, to the wonderful things that, that Mel set in motion there at uh, mm-hmm. So how would you describe your style, your performing style? There's an interesting question. <laughs> um, 
Well, you know, I think we're all a culmination of, of the many, many things that we do mm-hmm. in the road that leads to where we are. Um, my background is in classical music first, and then, as I said, Broadway musicals. Um, I, uh, I I did that early on in my career before I uh, went to work in Vegas. And uh, then it was, you know, a little of everything. But more to the point, uh, it's it's been more recent, say, in the last uh, 20 years or so that I've um, gotten more involved with jazz. Mm-hmm. And um, so taking classical beginnings uh, and Broadway musicals, then tossing them in the mixing pot with standard jazz, uh, swing jazz, uh, bebop jazz, um, you know, all, all of the various... Uh, types of things, and then working with some of the most amazing musicians in the industry has just been a huge teaching tool. So I've really been lucky. Tell tell me a couple of folks that you worked with that people would know that you really had an amazing collaboration with. Um, I worked with Don Rickles for quite some time in Las Vegas, and that was uh, an an amazing experience. Just an extraordinarily kind man. Um, Taught me a lot of ropes, a lot of ropes that I, I was I was very young, and uh, I guess he saved me from 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 stepping in the puddles myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, good. And um, and for people that don't know, I mean, I know that during the season, of course, when when there's no COVID, you know, back when days were normal during the season, boy, the the jam at Sunday jam at Melvin's, it gets packed and you get a I know Melvin's a lot of people when they come to visit the desert it's one of the places that people recommend that they go not just for the food and the beautiful ambiance but the, the music and the jam in particular I mean Sundays boy you get in there during the season January February March before the virus it's packed so talk a little bit about about the vibe there and 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 your your stamp that you put on the jam well thank you Bonnie um Nobody, whenever I have a conversation with someone, especially if folks from out of town, um, the, word, uh, the, the question about the jam always comes up, and I'm glad of that because we've, we've obviously established a, a must-do thing in Palm Springs. But the jam, as I look back over it, it's, it's kind of like one of those quick scans in your mind, but it was a very different entity when I got it. Um, and it changed slowly over time. Uh, one of the, the real, real blessings and real great things that, that I did early on was surround myself, as I said before, with top-notch musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, um, you know, what I didn't know, I could, I could learn from people who did. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, um, it began to grow. And as you know, you, you have a period uh, as a guest at the jam, and mm-hmm. um, we've, we've enjoyed that. Um, um, it became uh, more of a professional presentation as opposed to a sing-along type presentation. Mm-hmm. And that seemed to be something that worked in the sense of, uh, of setting it up more like, a, uh, if you will, an impromptu show. Um, and uh, uh, it, it, just, it just grew and grew and grew. And um, I sort of tried to tried to go along with the growth trend mm-hmm. and see that I could that I could uh, 
aim things in the direction that uh, they seem to want to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and as you say, you know, it turned into uh, this uh, where you, you really, really just couldn't get into the door. Yeah. And, um, and I probably should mention uh, that uh, the jam will come back. Oh, absolutely. I'm um, sure of that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know uh, exactly at this moment because, you know, things won't look the way they did before. But the conversation is, is alive and well, mm-hmm. and we are, we are intending to bring, bring the jam back. So tell, just to make sure we get this in before we run out of time. People want to come just see you. You are there, what days and days and times So at this point? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday from 6 p.m. until 10 Okay. Well, the easier way to think of it is right now I'm there every day we're open. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, but one thing I always like to ask uh, performers of any kind, when you, if you, I know you probably don't have a lot of time when you're off where you go cure other people, but you're, if you're ever in a position where you're, you're out so with your lovely wife to go hear music somewhere and you go hear another piano player, another band, what do you look for? What, what do you want to see and hear from other musicians as an audience member? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I find myself not going out much, and, and I, I, I sometimes feel guilty that I, I don't get a chance to see more of the local entertainment. Um, but working as much, uh, pre-COVID, I was working six nights a week, and uh, um, right now five. I, I, I don't find myself always wanting to go out, but to, to try and answer your question, when I go out, I really try, and it's not always easy, but uh, to to divorce myself from, from the, the Michael Healy mind. Um, I try to just, to just go with the flow of, of, of what's happening as opposed to, you know, listening for, or what, what would I like or what don't I like? It's just, mm-hmm. you know, an experience is, is an experience and, and we, uh, we take it, take it and go with it. Mm-hmm. Not trying to be evasive. I, I honestly do just try and get out of that, that suit. All right, and what, what if you had to choose a, a, a genre of music? I know you do it pretty much do it all right now. Is there one that you enjoy playing more than others? Do you enjoy the jazz more, the Broadway more, the classical more? Uh, probably the classical and the jazz. Okay. All right. Well, listen, Michael. If you have not heard Michael Hill, you need to go down to Melvin's Wednesday through Sunday, six to ten, at the lovely patio on the veranda. Now in the main dining room, he's terrific. He's a wonderful musician. puts on a great show. Michael, thank you so much for being here. I'm glad we finally got you on, and I look forward to someday down the road the jam again, and maybe one day getting up and singing again. Thank you so much for being here. I Thanks really, really appreciate. Me. All right. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right, Michael Healy. All right, we're going to be back with much more on the Culture Corner in just a bit. Listening to Bonnie Gilgallen and Brian Mendoza talking arts and entertainment on iHub Radio's The Culture Corner. Live from the desert cities of Southern California, here's Brian and Bonnie. And we are back on The Culture Corner, and I just want to mention real quick this afternoon on The John McMullen Show. 
Outgoing Palm Springs City Manager David Reddy will join John to talk about legal action the city is bringing against a handful of hotel operators who have not completed their construction projects to get them done, especially now as visitors are starting to stream back into the city. So check that out. That's this afternoon, the John McMullen Show, 4 to 6 p.m., right here on iHub Network. You know, that's interesting that you say that about visitors coming in. That's actually the subject of our news story right now. Coachella might actually get postponed to 2022. Wow. So there, there's a source, an anonymous source that is close to the um, Golden Voice. and might be even part of Golden Voice, the, the organization that organizes the event, right? So they said that they might switch it to 2022. And so there's a lot of like conversations about now that we're getting vaccinated, when do concerts come back, like large form concerts? So Rolling Stone actually put out an article called When Do Concerts Come Back? And somebody, apparently an, a representative who represents all these major artists said, you, ha- you get one event that's a super spreader and that can still happen. You want to be as far away from that as possible. Mm-hmm. And he said that I still think on a touring level, on a national level, no, wait until next year. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Coachella Fest, that's about the worst super spreader I could imagine for something like this. I mean, you think about how many people just jam together. Oh my goodness, yeah. I also believe that personally to the people who go there, like they're they're people who don't live here. So you never know. They're coming from everywhere, So everywhere. And most people who are at Coachella, I don't go to Coachella. Uh, People I know that live here, we don't go to Coachella. It's always people from Los Angeles Mm -hmm. or like big cities, which, you know, you never know what's going on. Big cities, you never know how it's kind of like everyone's might be everyone might be safe in their houses. But maybe there's one person who honestly gets who got sick and comes to the comes here from L.A. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, I I I think that's a wise move to push it back. I I agree with that, and I and I think in general, I think that I I think that people will probably have way more fun next year because you know, if we're hoping, maybe they don't even have to wear masks anymore at that point, which I'm hoping is the case. You never know, and also I think that they made the smart decision by not having a a date right now. They actually have. Uh, they canceled their April date, which mm-hmm. would have been next uh, month. Yeah, that Coachella has been pushed around so often mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's almost like a joke. Like, oh, when yeah. is Coachella ever coming back? Yeah. And yeah. I think that waiting to 2022 is not only profitable, in my opinion. I think there's a. I think it, it would make it to where a lot more people could probably save up money and mm-hmm. you know be able to. You know, go in the next couple of years and all that. Just push it back and wait and then do it right. Instead of do doing it right. half-baked, do it right, and, you know? And also, like, they can't really regulate it, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's impossible. How are you going to, yeah. But that many people, are you going to, what, are you going to take everybody's temperature? And you you think you're going to get ha- even half those people to keep masks on? It's not going to happen. And I'm not sure if we talked about this yet, but Disneyland. Disneyland is... They're gonna, reopening, right? They're reopening. April 1st, April 30th? Something. April 30th. Okay. Now... Disneyland has been wanting to push the reopen for a long, long time. Are they having a reduced capacity? Of course, uh, they're yeah. going to have reduced capacity. They said that they've or that their Orlando situation that it, it's kind of curious because over there you're not supposed. There's a lot of things that they regulate. For example, they one of the guidelines is if you go on a ride, which they're very. 
it's I'm kind of confused if they're still gonna have a ride, but they put out guidelines for rides, and one of them is you cannot scream on a ride at Disneyland, which I'm gonna say that's pretty optimistic for the next. And so, if somebody screams, they get a ticket, or how does that work? Like, uh, I always assume Disneyland will kick them out. Disneyland okay. has been famous for being very—they have a lot tough of tough on their rules. Tough. tough. Okay. And if you steal at Disneyland, you're probably going to get caught, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And one of the things is that they would not have indoor rides; they would only be open to California residents, and that. All visitors who are th- ages three and up have to have a reservation. So let's say you have a child with you that's two. They don't need to be in the list. They can mm-hmm. just come in. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what they mean by that. And also they cannot have uh, parades and the nighttime spectacular and all that stuff. It's They're not going to have those things. Mm-hmm. They also have to have a limit and a time limit, meaning that people have to like disperse like not every, you cannot be at one spot for too long yeah, you kind of yeah. have to move on because well, that's people. good no oh, i yeah. like that okay and they're not sure if indoor dining will be a thing i think probably that part will be it they also the anaheim resorts hotel they will welcome guests again but they're going to be limited and then the grand the grand californian hotel and spa that that's going to reopen a little bit and then downtown disneyland will have limited capacity and California Adventure will have its own limits. So overall, that's, I mean, I I think I'm a little bit, I feel a little bit safer at Disneyland than I would be at Coachella just because I feel like with Disneyland, they are very good at controlling. Get more on top of, yeah, be able to control things more. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And I think personally for me, like it, Orlando didn't prove to be the disaster I thought it was going to be to be honest i thought it was going to be like the super spreader event mm-hmm. but it wasn't and you know that makes me happy yeah it really does what which is great which is great but that's it's always a crapshoot you don't know with something like that luckily it wasn't but then that what was that motorcycle thing they did somewhere six months ago was so you know you just never know with those kinds of things and i think with um concerts people constantly move around and it's kind of hard to kind of put like because uh, at Disneyland you can have lines. You're in space. line, so you you go to this spot and then you're in line. With Coachella, you're just wandering all over the place. You're yeah. wandering all over the place, yeah. and and even if you try to separate people, I don't think the space in Coach over in India, like there, I don't think there's a way for them to create like I don't think so drive-through events. They've no. had raves, a yeah. rave where they would have like people in booths, like high-rise booths, and they can dance in their little booth and mm-hmm. listen to music, which you know I. I think those would be fun maybe like to be honest with you like I think those are interesting inventions mm-hmm. and I think they can be used for other things like maybe someone could buy a booth later on in mm-hmm. in in the future and decorate it and they get to have that as their event thing but I don't know like it, it's the innovation for me I suppose like I'm interested mm-hmm. to see how Disneyland's going to be and I don't know if I'm going to go back because they don't even have because I mean for the price like is what it, is the price? It's outrageous. What is it? It's the it, ticket it, to get in for the day. Is that's it, a good question. Did like <laughs> eighty bucks, a hundred dollars, something like that. They're uh, they actually got rid of the um, day passes. Uh, not the day passes, but the um, I'm going to say the annual passes. Okay. The annual passes, and when you go to Disneyland, the prices they they get pretty high. Like I honestly don't can't think of it on the top of my head, but. 
I mean, I know it's a big chunk. It's a big chunk of yeah, chunk of cash, you know. And also because they haven't been back, it's kind of hard for me to find prices because yeah. they haven't been yeah. back. But. You know what? I'm one. I'm one of those people. I'm really careful. I I, I am gonna always. I'm gonna err on the side of caution with any of that. That's me just too. me. But we'll be back on the Culture Corner with more guests and more news. So stay tuned. Right back.